Greetings, Carl here, and you are listening to another episode of Behavior Gap Radio. Today, I want to talk about what to do when your plan blows up. Now, there's a lot to cover, and so I may use a few days to go deeper into each of these steps, but today I just want to give you an overview of how to approach navigating when the terrain is deeply uncertain, you know, and when the uncertainty is irreducible, meaning that, you know, no matter what you do, you can't get rid of it because the terrain is changing so fast. So what do we do? There's, there's really, I, I like to think of this as a four step, four stage process. And I use the acronym. I don't know if the acronym, I don't know exactly what it's called, but ESPA. So the step one is empathy. Stage one, maybe, is empathy. And the idea here is just to give yourself a break. Sometimes we feel like if a plan needs to be changed, that we've done something wrong. As if our plans were supposed to be carved in stone and they were going to be an absolute reflection of reality. Remember, the model or the plan isn't reality. It's just a model of what we think reality might be. And reality-based planning requires us to accept this terribly inconvenient truth that things change. You can't know the future when you're planning for it. You can't know the future ever, right? The landscape changes and the moment you finish your plan, the moment you finish drawing the map, it's already outdated. And so because of that truth, we need to start with the idea of empathy. We need to give ourselves a break. The fact that you need to adjust your plan change course or the fact that in some in many cases right now in like in many cases right now the fact that your plan has blown up doesn't mean you did something wrong right and of course we can get to personal responsibility and yes maybe there are mistakes that we can fix but the fact that the plan didn't didn't reflect reality doesn't mean you did something wrong and so we need to start with empathy. Now, empathy also applies to those situations where you're trying to help someone else with their plan. And instead of diving straight into facts and figures, instead of being a defender of an outdated map, this step of empathy requires us, points us to the idea that we should be a guide in a changing landscape. And if we have that mindset, when someone's upset about a plan, we can absorb that with empathy, right? We can sit there with them and think, gosh, I'm, I understand you're mad about this. I understand this is frustrating. I am scared too when I look at the news, right? That's the kind of sort of the, the attitude, the approach, the space that we create when we think about empathy. So give yourself a break. Realize that the fact that reality didn't, <laughs> didn't conform to your plan. <laughs> I remember, um, I can't remember what major crisis. I think it was long-term capital management, you know, Nobel Prize winners, you know, that whole thing. Um, and after it blew up, one of them actually said, like, we didn't get the model wrong. 
reality just didn't conform to it. <laughs> so the fact that that happens to us doesn't make us wrong and we don't need to be def we don't need to get defensive or beat ourselves up. So we have empathy. So that's E. Step number two or stage number two is space. Just create a little space between the stimulus of realizing that something's blown up, that a pivot is required, that a course correction needs to be made. Give yourself a little space between that feeling and that realization and your actual action. All right, back to Viktor Frankl's quote, or at least I'm, I'm, I'm actually broadly paraphrasing here, that in between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to make a decision. And all we're trying to do is create or give or grant ourselves permission to have and use that space between stimulus and response. A lot of trouble happens when we just go stimulus response, stimulus response, right? And, and we're actually doing it without thinking, doing it without, maybe even better, doing it without feeling. So create some space. You know, go on a walk, take a deep breath, notice the stimulus. And sometimes that's just like, I've got to act. Or have you seen what the market's doing? Or all of our contracts have dried up. Like business plans, financial plans, there's a stimulus. You feel like the world's, in fact, the ground, you don't even feel like it, it's actually true. The ground has shifted beneath your feet. You must act now. I'm just saying, take a breath, right? Create some space. So empathy, space. Once we've done those two, which are both steps that are often skipped. We have a tendency to want to move straight to the next couple of steps, the next two steps, but those two steps have to be in place or else we just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over, right? So empathy, space. Now we move to plan. And when I use the word plan, I'm just speaking broadly, right? Let's revisit what, let's revisit what the, the plan was and let's assess what the current situation actually is. And so that, that's really where planning starts is, look, let's, let's just compare what we thought we were going to be doing to where we are. Let's get a really clear picture of what our current reality is. Now, remember, in many cases right now, getting a really peer, clear picture of a current reality is, is, can be not only painful, it could be like downright horrifying for some people right now. And, and so we've got to enter that, you know, sort of carefully and, and under the right circumstances. And the circumstances are like, we've had a little empathy. We've created a little bit of space. We've got the energy to go, okay, you know, one of those questions would be, how bad is it? You know, where are we? I mean, obviously I would prefer that we don't use how bad is it, but the question could be like, where are we? Let's get clear about where we are today right now. So assess the current situation is part of the P in plan. Then once we've assessed the current situation, we, we can start engaging in the idea of what do we do, right? What do we do? Now, remember as part of the P in plan, as part of the, as part of the, pre, the stage of planning, we, one really important step is to sort of reconnect with why we were doing the things we were doing. 
So in the case of a business, what's the underlying mission of the business? In case of a sort of a personal plan, what, what's our personal why or a mission statement? In the case of a financial plan, why were we acting the way we are? In other words, why was the money invested the way it was invested? Why were we spending or saving the way we were? Reconnecting to some of those things, I think of them as purpose. You know, Simon Sinek's work around why, they're all pointing to the same thing, but I love the word purpose because it, and you can also use the word values here because there's an element there that's probably hasn't changed much. Those underlying reasons why we were doing things, often we forget them and we get distracted from them, but but most of the time they don't change much. You know, keeping my family safe. You know, spending time with my family mainly outside, serving in the community, or a mission statement around the business, like we're, we're building this business to help these people. Those things, reconnecting with those things, give us a sense of solid ground. Even though there is no solid ground, and solid ground is a myth, because the ground is always moving, there, are some, there, there is some benefit to reconnecting with that underlying purpose. Right? And then as part of the plan, we, we, we now we assess the current situation. And then we've got to move to action. So ESPA, action. And action, I think it's really important depending on the sensitivity, depending on the requirement for change right now. In some cases, it's really true. Like people's entire plans have blown up and they need to be making action every single day Right? It's, it's a full-on triage situation. You know, I had a call with somebody yesterday who had been furloughed, no money coming in, doesn't look like they're going to apply, f- doesn't look like they're going to be um, eligible for much help. You know, and, and then a separate one where there was an attorney, or it was shared with me, an attorney who said, look, our, work, our billing is going to be cut in half. Right? I had a call the day before with somebody who owns some restaurants and it's, you know, they've got two weeks, two weeks, like the plan has changed. So I like to think of this action step as, all right, we've assessed the current situation. What do we do next? And I love to think of like, and really not what do we do next? What do we do now? Right? Present moment right now. What do we do? Now, in some cases, that may be like, okay, we're good for six months, or we need to make subtle adjustments around our retirement spending, or something, you know, like, those are those, you know, those, those really sort of fortunate cases. And maybe next is like, okay, we're going to make a subtle adjustment to our spending plan, right? And I, I like to think in terms of cycle rate of current situation, next step, current situation, next step. In some cases, the cycle rate is, could be three months, in some cases, the cycle rate is, okay, we're going to do this today and we're going to talk tomorrow. Right? So let's talk about that cycle rate just a little bit. So what we're talking about is current situation, what action do we take? Now realize that it, this isn't like some you know, fancy you know, group of thoughts. Of, I mean, there, there's research that points to this idea that when you're dealing with a complex adaptive system, Right? When you're making decisions in the face of irreducible uncertainty, the only way to really do it is to get clear about your current situation and then solve the, it's often referred to, solve 
solve for the next local optimum. In other words, like what's the next step? Take the next step. And to a large degree, it's a guess because the ground's moving so fast, it's a guess. So let's make it as micro action as we can. The smallest step that we can take next, formulating, getting clear about where you are, and then formulating the next step really gives a sense of control, right? You're really sort of trying to let go of all the things you can't control and focus deeply on the one thing you can, which would be this next micro action. And that sense of control, it's what we want more than anything. When everything feels totally out of control, we just want a sense of control. That sense of control will grow. So no matter how small it is, that's the important thing is that it's the smallest thing that we can control. In 2008, 2009, for me, I got to the point for a couple of weeks there where the only thing I felt like I could control was my own breath. That's how sort of proximate it became. But as I could, every time I got stressed or worried, I would shift back to just controlling my own breath. As I did that, the sense of control grew and it allowed me to take the next step, right? So, so that's what we're focused on is what's the next step that we can take, that we can control. And then we may be, we, our cycle rate may be quick for some people. It may be like hour to hour. And you, you know, we have, we have parallels, you know, how does a mountain guide deal with something when the weather goes south quickly, right? Well, we're going to take the next step. We're going to reassess. So here's the pattern, right? Assess current situation, solve for the next local optimum. So assess current situation, have a thoughtful opinion loosely held about the next step. So assess current situation, take the next step, reset. Assess current situation, take the next step, reset. That's the pattern. Assess your current situation, take the next step, reset. Now, when you take the next step, guess what happens? New information becomes available. Because you're literally in a new place. And if you physically think about that, if you take a, if you're standing in a a room and you take a, and you look around, look at everything you can see from that location, everything, see as hard as you can, right? Like try as hard as you can to see everything you can. Now take a step, like a like a big step forward, a big step forward. Now look around there is literally new information available to you that no matter how hard you tried from the current the previous location you couldn't have seen that right your perspective has changed there's new information available to you that no matter how big your calculator your spreadsheet no matter how far you whiteboarded the situation that information was not available to you in the prior location so right you assess your current situation, you take a step, and in that step, new information will become available, and then you reset. And the cycle rate for doing that, I think it's really important to understand the cycle rate idea, is that the cycle rate for doing that is determined by the urgency of the situation. Right? With somebody who, like, I've got two weeks of payroll left for my seven restaurants. Well, the cycle rate may be, man, brother, we're going to be on the phone three times a day. Let's call the bank. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Like, and for somebody else who's retired, spending 3% of their, the value of their portfolio, right? The cycle rate may be more like, look, 
It may be a time or it may be something happening in the market. And again, this applies to any type of plan. So take, assess the current situation, take a step, reset. Now, I love to finish this out. So that's, that's empathy, space, plan, action. I love to finish this out, this sort of plan, one last piece on the plan. So if you think about this as a one-page plan that you're going to be updating frequently depending on the cycle rate, the plan may just state current situation, next steps, then this last piece of the plan I think is really important. This last piece of the plan is, let's just call it triggers. Identify the new information that might become available, when and how it might become available, that would warrant you re-looking at the plan. Now, the reason this is important is it, it gives us sort of a trigger to reassess. So again, in some cases it may be, you know, if the market falls by another 10%, we need to meet again, right? In other cases, it may be, look, you're completely fine. Let's just, we'll meet again in three months. If anything comes up, call me, but it, three months, let's meet again. So it may be three months. Now, in other, in other cases where the cycle rate is faster, which we already talked about, it may be tomorrow, right? Depending on what the bank says, we're going to need to take action. That new information is going to become available to, by tomorrow because they said they'd get back to us by tomorrow at noon. Now, the reason that's important is it allows us, it gives people, it gives ourselves if we're planning, if this plan is about us, and it gives the people we're working with, the ability to have a touchstone that instead of cycling through and worrying and worrying and worrying, they can grab that piece of paper, pick it back up and go, oh yeah, that's right. I don't have to think about this until that trigger, until three months from now, until tomorrow at noon, until the weather changes, right? So when they start cycling, kind of grooving in their own minds. I think of it as swirling. Like when they start swirling around, fear, 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 they feel that that fear becomes a stimulus. They want to respond. You can say, and we can say, we pick up that document. It becomes a touchstone. It grounds us. Wait, we've already thought through this. Has the new information become available? We identified in the trigger section of this plan. No, it hasn't. Okay, set it down, my friend. Go for a walk. Take a deep breath. There's nothing you can do right now. Take a deep breath. Go for a walk. That's the plan for what to do when your plan blows up. And one thing that's important here is when you shift from being a defender of an outdated map and you focus more on being a guide in a changing landscape, Again, whether this is your business, you've now, you're no longer defending the, the business plan. You're thrust into a moment where the weather is super stormy and you've got to be the guide. And if you're doing this on, the behalf, of the, uh, on, the, on behalf of others, if, if, if you understand that change, you no longer have to feel unconfident or unsure about the map you designed. You can be confident in your ability. No one is better than you, right? If you're a trained professional or you're an experienced entrepreneur or you're running the business, 
you can be confident in your ability like to be the guide. You can look people in the eyes and say, look, you're, I don't know. I don't know what weather is going to show up in the next hour. I don't know what's going to be over the next mountain pass. I don't know. But I do know that you and I are going this direction together. We've got tools in our backpack. Let's figure it out. Look, we've got a plan. All right, we've assessed our current situation. We know what the next actions are, and we know what the triggers are that might change that plan. Right? And you can be confident in your ability to go through that process. You're not confident in the outcome. It's fine. Nobody can be. You're not confident in the, in the map, but you're confident in your ability to go through that process. And that confidence, you know what's scarier? Like the only thing scarier than being out in the mountains when this, on a, with a guide, when things get, when the weather gets really, really scary, the only thing scarier than that is seeing your guide scared. Right? So your ability to stand confidently and lead in a moment like this is really, really valuable and important. And it's not linked to the plan you created three months ago or even three weeks ago. It's linked to your ability to engage in the process of planning. Right? That's where your confidence is going to come from. And that, my friends, is what people need. So I hope this is helpful. It's longer than a normal episode of Behavior Up Radio, but I hope this is helpful. Always, always, always looking for your feedback. The way to send it to me would be hello at behaviorgap.com. Hello at behaviorgap.com. I read every one of those. If, you, if you've got questions right now that you want me to answer, I'm going to try and do Behavior Up Radio every day for a while. So shoot them to me. Thanks, my friends. And for real, <laughs> for real, I hope you're well.